Rain, 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 rain. Hello, hello, hello. Be- Beverly is Mr. Beverly Hills. Is that you? What? I don't. What is? How do I do this? What? Be- how do I? What? I'm I'm so frustrated. I'm so flustered. Uh, I got a bottle of water. I I don't know if I'm feeling okay, Mr. Beverly Hills. Where am I? I'm. I don't know who I am. So if I don't don't know who I am, I can't answer who you are. I I don't know what control delete. Wait wait don't don't delete me. Let me. Uh, let me figure out my control program. Click, 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 click. And I think we had to hit this button and we're on the... Hey, dirty dog, I hear you calling. I think it's time for the show. The sleep hold has got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, event status radio. They're recording again. <laughs> Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do? After figuring out what Skype is. After he figured out my audio recording program, it's Saturday night. I'm feeling all right. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is Made Event Status Radio. Enjoying me. Finally, I guess, finally we made time to Skype <laughs> and chat. You hear his giggles all the way down in the 90210, Mr. Beverly Hills. What's good? Saturday night's all right for fighting, man. You know, Mr. Beverly Hills, I'm so happy to finally get on Skype and chat with you. It feels like forever. Oh, I mean, you're right. Well, football's done. I'm back in the spirit to talk with the old dog, man. You know, I've, I've, I actually went to a football game today. I'm, I'm feeling well. I'm ready to chat. And before we get into anything, Mr. Beverly Hills, there's two things. Okay. The first things first. We already you know shared emails back and forth this week since I was on vacation, needed some rest <laughs> from work, from back yes. break and labor, working hard for the man, daddy. I okay. went on Facebook, daddy-o. Okay. I saw that hard times fell yes. upon us. I saw yes. hard times fell on Mr. Beverly Hills and his sweet, sweet sapphire. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I... Before I go more, Daddy, I saw on p- Facebook pictures of you and Mrs. Hills just yes. up as you as Dusty Rose, Daddy, and yep. Mrs. Hills as your sweet, sweet sapphire. Please tell us on our main event status radio, us back about your Halloween party. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, I I was Dusty Rhodes. Uh, my wife was <laughs> Sweet Sapphire. Well, so a few weeks ago for our anniversary, we were in the Twin Cities and 
we were going to a brewery just for fun, just to like kill some time. And when we walked in, we saw that some of my really good friends were sitting in there. <laughs> and it, so we sat with them and joined them for a, a bit of time. And we hung out a little bit and they said, you know, we, you should come up for Halloween because we're going to be old wrestlers. And I said, <laughs> well, gosh, heck, heck yeah. And so we tried to put our minds together a little bit and try to think of like a couple and that would be relatively easy to put together an outfit for. And, you know, our, our friends suggested that we either be Macho Man and Elizabeth, which would be easier for easy for her, not so much for me, considering all the streamers that would be involved. But, uh, yeah, so we settled on Dusty and Sapphire, and it was really fun. Uh, so the whole crew was us, obviously. Um, Undertaker. So. Oh, <laughs> Undertaker yes. was there. And Paul Bear. Oh yes, and he he was awesome. He was doing that most of the night. Oh, um, Undertaker. Oh yes. <laughs> and his uh, girlfriend was Sensational Sherry. <laughs> uh, and then Gold Dust. That was I had to interrupt. That was yeah, probably surprised me the most because it looked like a legit one piece bodysuit. <laughs> Indeed, it, that's because it was a one piece body Holy, suit. He, was that expensive for him to get? I don't. I don't. You sound very interested in the one piece <laughs> body suits. Are you looking to buy one? I'm sure I can put you in contact with uh, him and ask, and ask I, him what the price was. I was thinking if, well, a couple of things. If. <laughs> I'm wondering how many things are running through your head right now thinking about one piece body suits. <laughs> I was thinking, like, well, how do you get a hold of that? I was thinking, uh, on Amazon, I believe is the answer. Enough. And I was thinking, well, if we ever become a vodcast, you know, through video. <laughs> oh, you're going to wear body suits? I might. I'm thinking, thinking if I was ever going to go uh, for Halloween, this is who I was going to be, Mr. Beverly Hills. Through the oh, video scope. yeah. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Actually, that's really funny because, like, they, again, when they were pitching ideas to me, I said, oh, I got it. It's got to be something that would be easy and simple. And they go, why don't you go as Bam, Bam, Bigelow, Luna Vachon? I go, oh, yes, of course, because then I could shave my head and paint tattoos on it. And also my wife could shave the side of her head and do the same. And that's, Yeah. And then, so his, the Goldust wife was Audrey the Giant. And, <laughs> that made uh, me laugh too. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, we had Hillbilly Jim and um, Cindy Lauper. So that was the, that was the whole group that yeah, went. What's a one? Oh, sorry, no, no. I can't forget Papa Shango. <laughs> he did a fantastic, he did such a great job on his face. But yeah, I think that's everyone. Did and I apologize. Bleed, you know, like, but, did anybody bleed like weird liquid goo and blood <laughs> out of their hair? No, no, we were we were really thinking like because uh, the Papa Shago guy, nobody knew what he was coming as. He just said that he had been spending a lot of time that day on paint. <laughs> so they're like, okay, I they thought they thought that Papa Shango, they thought Ultimate Warrior. And they're like, what else could he be? You know, maybe like a road warrior, maybe, you know, demolition or whatever. So, yeah, this, he he did. He was indeed Papa Shango and it was very good. 
Yeah. Did, did you and Mrs. Hills have a good time being Dusty Rhodes and Sweet Sapphire? Yeah, she has a great video that she took of <laughs> we're standing waiting to cross the street. And there are these like these two limos are driving. And I was like, <laughs> through the whole night, I was doing like the, the spinning arm elbow thing. And I was like, let me in the limo, daddy. And then Undertaker behind me goes, no, pork and beans for you. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, so, yes, that, that was great. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. We did a lot of hot-gluing polka dots. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was the most intensive uh, part of our costumes, for sure. It was a lot of polka dots. So before we get into talking wrestling like we used to in our college days, I'm going <laughs> to kick into an interview that I conducted, I don't know, about a half hour ago as of us recording this part with Jordan J. Garber from Winnipeg, you idiots. It's about a eight, five to ten minute interview. I'll kick it to the interview right here. Welcome back to Main Event Status Radio. I'm the Dirty Doc Darcy. Joining me all the way up from Winnipeg is the one and the only Jordan Garber. Jordan, how's it going? Man, great to be here. I love being on different podcasts and spreading my voice around the world of all the professional wrestling podcasts out there. And it's great to get myself on this one. You know, I'm up from Winnipeg, Manitoba, not too far from your neck of the woods in Minnesota. And I love talking to fans of Minnesota professional wrestling. So I'm going to do the talk wrestling and we'll go from there. Let's do this. So we were sending message back and forth because I want to get some different topics to talk to you about. And one thing I, I'll be kicking myself if I didn't talk to you about, you're, you work with Bruce Hart. Tell me more about working with Bruce. Yeah, well, what happened was I started out um, in the professional wrestling business, and I think for the, on the journalism side, the, pretty much the field I'm still in now, um, I started out in that, and I had something called Wrestling World 247, which is my own website, but then I got a message from a talent scout who used to work for Stampede Wrestling. Now, obviously, um, you can watch that on the WWE Network. Everyone knows what Stampede Wrestling is, uh, the history of the wrestling scene in Calgary. Um, Bob Johnson and Bruce Hart reached out to me. They liked some of my work. So in 2014, they Bruce, uh, we worked together. I got to work with some uh, wrestling legends from the WWF, and then we, uh, I... I Got a lot of cool spots, a lot of cool roles, and made a lot of connections from there. Working with Bruce and a member of the Hart family is something I always cherish because it's like when I'm a kid and I'm like watching this product on TV, and it's like at this point, and part of my language, you're fucking working with the people that you see on TV as a kid. It's kind of like a dream come true. So it's like, yeah, this this is what I dreamed of. This is what I want to do, and now I'm doing it. So I kind of want to. I kind of wanted to build upon from there. And I, I think I certainly have. I think working for Bruce was a huge honor. Uh, working for the most respected family in all professional wrestling is a huge honor. So I'm so grateful that Bruce was there to teach me what he did. And I can't wait to go to CAC next year. And hopefully they're there in Vegas. But uh, yeah, in a nutshell, working for Bruce was amazing. We had a lot of ups, I had a lot of upside, a lot of up, downs. But in general, it was a overall good experience. And is it true that Bruce can be a little crazy at times? 
Well, here's the thing. I remember um, one of the headlines I did make in 2015 is Bruce was saying that NXT was developing crap. Um, look at NXT now. It's one of the top developmental, uh, well, obviously it's the top developmental territory. Sorry, it's me, Jordan Garber on a Saturday night. But he he said that NXT talent was crap. They're growing. They weren't, it wasn't developed right. But now we look at NXT and all due respect to Bruce, I think he was wrong about that. So um, he he's very one-sided to his opinion, but at least he backs up his information and he says it from there. It was a common mistake that he thought. And if he were to say something about the NXT product now, um, it would probably be geared towards the same, but a little bit different at the same time. You know, Bruce is very open-minded about the business as well. So you got a lot of uh, ups and downs uh, with Bruce and talking about the current product. And something I always like hearing about is different road stories, and especially since you're up in Winnipeg, I know you traveled down to Minnesota and Wisconsin and surrounding areas. Tell me some some uh, memorable road stories that you've had working in the Indies. Um, working in the Indies, actually, I was in the states. I was supposed to be doing a podcast segment for uh, Steel Domain Wrestling, which is in Richfield, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Um, I'm going to be back in Minnesota October. Uh, no, October, but later this month. I think on the weekend of the 18th, I might be coming back. Um, but going to Minnesota, a lot of road stories. That's a, that's a good question. I think the trip to Wisconsin was the coolest. I remember I went to Wisconsin as a kid, um, but this was in April. And uh, it hasn't. I haven't been to Wisconsin since as a kid. And I remember it was quite the rowdy night. Uh, we all finished the show. We went to the strip club, and Jordan Garber had a legendary night, as many of the veterans would say. So I remember just uh, driving down the road to Wisconsin with the veterans, listening to great stories. Uh, Travis Cole, one of the boys getting ribbed. It, overall, it was a great experience. The strip club it was just, in a nutshell, going on the road is so much fun. If you have a chance, if you're a pro wrestler and a promoter asks you to go on the road, just take advantage of it because it's one of the coolest experiences you're experiences you'll have it's always great to see new things and uh i can't wait to go back on the road and create more memories there's so many road stories hit me up on twitter as well i can uh there's so many stories i can tell i usually answer everybody so uh yeah then your name's been i guess been in the uh major wrestling news off on lately you've been making headlines on your own podcast tell me tell me some about it yeah, you know, I like I was saying, when I was a kid, I dreamed of, uh, I, I remember, it, it all started on small steps. When I was a kid, I dreamed of meeting a WWE superstar. And then after that, I dreamed of breaking into the business, being involved in the business. And now, um, all those sites I read as a kid, everyone, all those websites people go to around the world where they drink their cup of coffee to, uh, WrestleZone.com, et cetera, et cetera. I'm on them. And it's like, I think it's like so much thrown at you because you kind of work towards something. And I don't think it's really synced in just yet. However, I try to stay as humble as I can about it. Um, it's great to make headlines and get your name, um, get a lot of exposure and get your name across the whole wrestling world. But uh, it's always good to stay humble and uh, enjoy every experience as it comes. But make headlines and uh, be all over the world, have my name all over the world. That was uh, definitely a dream come true, and hopefully more dreams come true. This wrestling, this whole wrestling thing is just a journey for me. I'm, I'm very blessed. 
And what's your favorite interview that you've conducted so far? Um, the favorite interview that I conducted, probably just because of the vibes that, of that day, um, standouts include Mr. Kennedy. Uh, that was done in Oconto. We, uh, went to Mil- we went to Milwaukee after that for a uh, Ring of Honor event. So uh, just the whole vibe of that day was uh, pretty awesome. Um, Scott Steiner was a chill guy. Uh, Chris Masters was cool. Um, those are all, all some of my earlier interviews. I think of all time, uh, me interviewing Playboy cover girl Maria Canales is one that stands out to me. That, that's how the uh, whole wrestling news headlines began in the first place. So uh, there's so many memories, you know. There's hundreds among hundreds of interviews that I've done, and one day I'm just going to sit back and just listen to them all. It's going to be great. So before I let you go, Jordan, I will give you a few seconds or however long to give in, get in some plugs. Indeed, yes. Uh, stay up to date with me on Twitter at Jordan J. Garber. Today's Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Jordan J. Garber. I'm on Instagram at Jordan J. Garber. Snapchat, JordanZone17. Um, get the new Jordan Garber training card. I'm getting them out again in a week. Uh, it should be awesome. It's $2.00. Um, if you guys collect top cards, it's exactly same gloss, same design, and everything. So it's going to be really sick. Uh, get some eight by tens too. Um, CWA Wrestling. I think it's on November the 26th. Indian and Métis Friendship Center. Jordan Garber will be there. Union Wrestling on Reset Nightclub in Winnipeg, Manitoba, on November the 20th. I will be there. And um, I think it's Minnesota Extreme Wrestling in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. I will be in attendance for that event. So uh, stay up to date with me and feature events on my Twitter at Jordan J. Garber. And thank you so much for taking the time to have me on today. It's honestly been my pleasure to be on this evening. Mr. Beverly Hills, I am happy you sat through the interview. I am happy (laughs) you stayed quiet in the interview. Well, I guess you weren't there. You are. You just told everyone that I wasn't there, so you, you can't pretend like now I was and I just sat quietly. What can I say? But you know, because I've well, because of the light, I've had this, Mister Beverly Hills, for like a week. Uh, <laughs> yes, because you just, I just, just been stewing. You've just yes. been waiting to drink this because I knew we were in talks to talking on Skype. I wanted to get this 16 ounce main event status, mellow yellow, just because all boy mellow yellow. Because I knew I was going to talk to you. I had to savor it and then build up my taste buds just for you, Mister Beverly Hills. <laughs> just like sitting there for a week. <laughs> now I like the old week old mellow yellow. So, Mr. Beverly Hills, yes. a couple days ago, as of us talking, I recorded a podcast with one of Maneuver's Joe Drillian on Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg from WrestleMania 20, and you were one of the awesome people that tweeted in a question. Yes. And I wanted to be able to give you some time now when we were chatting online on Skype to give more of your thoughts on that match and everything else. Right on. Uh, yeah, so... I went back and watched it today, and first off, I guess, like, it's funny because when I was listening to your guys' podcast about it, you know, I I feel like I had fonder memories of it, 
Um, and, you know, when I watched it today, it definitely wasn't as good as I had remembered. But at the same time, I definitely didn't, still didn't think it was as bad as you guys thought. Well, um, yeah, because when I first originally watched it, I guess we really didn't say much talking to jokes. I know you and I were going to talk a little bit today about it. Yeah. When I first watched it, of course, with the question you tweeted in, yeah, I was paying attention to the crowd. I was excited <laughs> about the crowd and all that, but, yeah. but I'm like, you know, the bill, you know, before they touched, I was excited. When they did the first lockup, I'm like, this is the shats. Not going <laughs> to lie. Then, yeah. and then, you know, then a little bit later, when Joe and I were talking, Joe reminded me that Brock had Goldberg in the, I want to call it like a, well, I think I even said this in that podcast, a arm bear hug or something like that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like, this, like, no wonder why the New York crowd was shatting all over that match. Yeah, you know, the see, the, but this is when I started to, like, not go with, with you, is that if you muted it, it's not that bad of a match. Well, it's slow. Yeah. It's a slow match, but, like, it's not the shats. Yeah. It's I, not awful. And you you were going to go down that road again. You just started it. Yes. And, and you just go, when they start chanting. That's, you, that doesn't make a match good or bad. You put me back, Mr. Beverly Hills, because... Obviously, I watched the match. I was actually, to no, no surprise to you, I was excited to talk about that match with Joel because, no surprise, the crowd brought me into the match, no matter how slow the match paced was. Because obviously, you know, I watched the match the day before Joel and I recorded the podcast. I was, I was excited about the match because obviously the crowd brought me in. The match was slow. But the crowd but, hated it the whole time. What are you talking about? That's they, what, they hadn't even like gotten the ring and they start they were against it. How did they bring you the cr- into it? Wasn't the crowd actually you know interacting with the guys though in a way? Not really. They liked Austin, but not really otherwise. Well, I guess just because the crowd was being vocal, I was paying more attention to the to the match. If that okay. makes any sense. I know you're not big keen on that. I know that's why you tweeted in that question to yeah. to tease me, to harass me yeah. some with Joe. It but. just really frustrates me because it's like you don't watch wrestling. And, like, you're a wrestling fan, but you're just, like, listening to the radio. And, like, if it's if the radio is good and it sounds good, you like it. And if it's not, you don't. And, like, that's really frustrating. It's like you're not even watching it. Well, I, I did watch did it. Did you open your eyes? No, not at all. I slept through the <laughs> well, whole thing. It doesn't seem like minutes. it. It well, doesn't seem like it. Okay, well, think of it. Did you watch the video package? Yeah, of course. And what was your thought thoughts on the video package? Uh, did you agree with me that it seemed like the video package made it seem like it was all Austin that got those two together at WrestleMania? Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, like, that would make sense, though, knowing if – that makes sense, like, storyline, I guess, backstage-wise, because the only one they know is that's sticking around is Austin. So why wouldn't they make him the focus? I think that's almost, like, good planning in that, well, if we have these two guys that now all of a sudden are leaving, well, let's place someone in who's staying. And, I mean, that's going to be your star. That's going to – because – why would you build up a person who's going to leave? You know that that wouldn't make sense. Fair enough. When did you do? You, going back to the 2004 Beverly Hills, do you remember? Yeah. When you found out 
that Brock and Goldberg were leaving because I, I was thinking about that up, up to talking to Joe and recording with Joe. I cannot remember as a 2004 dirty puppy, I cannot remember <laughs> when I found out th- those two guys were leaving. Yeah, I don't think I knew until afterward. Um, I guess I I would have been a junior in high school. I don't know if the next day I would have been. I didn't have internet at home, so if I would have been in the computer lab, I guess, uh, and looked at it, I'm I'm not positive. I mean, obviously, I guess I found out during the match when um, Ross was talking about it, I guess. Were you watching the – I take it you weren't watching WrestleMania Live? No, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So it probably yep, would be yep. during, during that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be during that. I did want to correct one thing. I know you guys – neither of you guys are big sports fans. And I feel like the conception – I guess it would be misconception – is that just because Brock Lesnar didn't make the Vikings, he was some type of like failure or washout – um, and that's most certainly not true. Okay. Like, since I know you're the football guy, I guess if yeah. I have any football questions, you're generally the guy yeah. I go to. Tell me, tell the listeners about Brock Lesnar trying out for the Vikings. Yeah. So, I mean, like, okay, Brock Lesnar played either eight man or nine man football in South Dakota when he was in high school. He didn't play any college football. He went to, you know, he went to the U of M and uh, wrestled and then went to the WWE um, and then just all of a sudden joined the Vikings, right? So in um, in training camp and all that, you could see, and, and the Vikings even talked about, like, this is a freak athlete. And, you know, that's fairly obvious yeah. just with looking at him and stuff. And you could look at the... He didn't get a ton of time, but the brief interactions that he had, you could see that his technique was is de- was definitely not up to caliber of the NFL, but his athleticism was. And that's why he wasn't like some failure that they just like cut out of hand. First off, he was one of the very last cuts of training camp before the season started. Also, and was- secondly, Oh, yeah, so go he, ahead. Oh, so he almost made it on the team for the season. Yeah, but the bigger thing is he wasn't going to make the team, but they wanted to sign him to the practice squad. The thing is, a practice squad contract pays a hundred thousand oh, dollars. It's so- the it's the minimum. He he would make that in one match if he went to to Japan, which is what he did. Then after, after, I mean like the next year, the next couple of years. So him being the former WWE champion and all that, he, he was above being a practice squad player. And at that time, even the, the Vikings organization and him knew that, well, if he doesn't make the team, he'll probably quit because he's not going to take a practice squad contract because, he already, you know, had this star status. So it's not like, I don't know, it's it's not like he, this, actually, a good example is last year there was this huge German guy who um, was signed to the Vikings practice squad and, or not signed to the practice squad, brought to training camp. Uh, almost the same thing, but he was just bad. <laughs> and 
WWE signed him and he's at <laughs> NXT. So it's kind of like the reverse there. But yeah, so it's not like he was some like, you know, shitter player. Uh, he he's he had good athleticism, obviously, and he just was above taking a practice squad contract. <laughs> Is there any more uh, corrections or additions you like to make on that part of the on that part, or any more else on that on the podcast or um, so on? You know, I no, not really. I'm I mean, ninety percent. I totally agreed. I. I didn't think that that match was great by any means. I definitely think that, uh, you know, it had its flaws. I think the biggest flaw was that, uh, you know, neither of them were going to be there the next day. And Are you looking for the rematch at Survivor Series? Can I finish my other point first? Sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I think just the biggest problem was that Neither of them were going to be there, and uh, WWE isn't in the business of putting over people that aren't going to be there. Uh, you can see that a lot. Almost, you know, nine times out of ten, if there's a match between two guys and one is leaving, the guy who's not leaving is going to win. You know, it's how they roll. They they aren't in that mindset of doing that, so. They have two guys that are leaving. Um, that's two strikes against it. And, you know, that crowd were doing them no favors. Uh, and and I do want to say one of the great points you guys made is that, like, Goldberg and Lesnar did themselves no favor, favors by that early part of the match where they're just walking around. Yeah. Um, you you were kind of right in saying that the the crowd I think was kind of willing uh, to play along a little bit, uh, but they would have had to really start out hot, yeah, hot right away, and you know yeah. kind of like we were getting at. I mentioned the podcast with Joe and earlier that when they locked up, right? They were they weren't really doing much, and the lock was a lock up. Seemed seemed like a minute or two. Felt a lot longer than they. After you know, they like they danced a little bit. I didn't see. I didn't, I didn't think that was that bad. But okay. go ahead. Well, yeah, they just let go and okay, there was nothing. Yeah. Okay. It. I. I just think the problem was it took way too long for that lockup to yeah. start. You know, even before anything, like they they literally just like stood there and stared at each other, and uh, you know the the crowd wasn't going to give them a lot of rope. And they exhausted it right away, (laughs) you know, so, yeah. Okay, the rematch, are you excited? Um, I don't know, not really. Uh, I, I don't know, not, not because of this last one. I just, I just think like, you know, I, I wasn't, I watched WCW, but I wasn't a huge fan um, and in 98, when Goldberg was really hot and really rising, I was super entrenched in, in the WWF and I was so into, um, you know, Austin and Foley and, and DX especially that I, I was watching Nitro, but not super into it. So just going into everything, Goldberg didn't really strike my fancy much. And, 
you know, 50-year-old Goldberg strikes my fancy even less. <laughs> and I guess... I guess it's the big thing. Oh, I, I also want to get your thoughts on, obviously, you know, their, their rematch at Survivor Series. And to no surprise, when I, when I knew you were going to come on, I was thinking of different yeah. questions I could ask you about. And uh, something that I thought about was a line that I heard MSL host okay. over at MLW Radio Network talk sure. about a line that he always heard Larry Zabisco tell him, and that was, what draws money is the fans' imagination. Okay, yeah. So, so pretty much, honestly, you know, the anticipation of Brock, Goldberg, rematch of Survivor Series is what's going to bring the money in, not necessarily the rematch. Uh-huh, yeah, and, oh, totally. And... I was, you know, I was thinking about that, about Larry's line and all that. And, like, I think I, I thought I mentioned the Joe Drill or podcast about their Mania 20 match. I expect their Survivor Series 2016 match to be just as good, if not worse, than the WrestleMania 20 match because 2004, they were closer to their peaks compared yeah. to 2016. Well, yeah. I, I think that's a fairly obvious statement. Yeah. I guess I just wanted to bring up that line from Larry Zabesco to see if that would cause any conversation on your end. Yeah, I mean, I would think that um, I, I would totally agree with that statement that the the buildup is definitely it. I mean, I, I guess to be fair, though, it's what kind of fan you are. If you're a fan, I think especially if you're a fan who really came of age in the um in the attitude era the build-up is definitely the thing because a lot of those matches sucked so yeah the yeah so the build-up was it um and uh yeah so and also in 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 the larry era you know 30 40 years prior same thing because Getting the people in the door was the important part, you know, selling those tickets. So the if they had an awesome match, well, maybe if you're trying for a rematch, but if it's just a big bluff or whatever, well, that's not the point. Um, but I think for a lot of fans, and especially as we're kind of in this, I don't know, maybe like postmodern era of wrestling – uh, I don't know if the buildup is as important as it used to be. Um, I think that we're in such a, an on-demand era of wrestling that... So it really doesn't matter. We can just watch it whenever we want to. Yeah, that having a good match is more important because then you... Um, you generate the buzz by having a good match, so then people watch it on the back end, and the rematch is what yeah. you know people pay, I guess. And people, but get... like that's the thing is we're in such a, like I said we're in an on demand culture that you don't pay to see a wrestling match. Yeah, you pay for the service, you pay for the WWE network, you pay for Flow Slam, you play, you pay for high spots. You don't pay for. Uh, a match that's been built up greatly. Yeah, you, we, you know, I guess we, like you said, we watch a match if it's good. A bunch of us jump on Skype, mm -hmm. we hit the record yeah. button, we talk, we post it on we iTunes. We tweet about it, yeah. Whatever, yeah. 
So mm-hmm. I guess another thing I want to talk to you about before we get into whatever else we talk about while on Skype, did you watch Hell in a Cell? Is there anything that you want to talk about? You know, I haven't. I didn't have the time to watch Hell in a Cell, actually. I was thinking about watching it today, but I watched that Goldberg match instead. So. Fair enough. Nope, I haven't. I've read stuff and obviously listened to you guys, but not much. No. Yeah, well, I also want your opinion, not your opinion on other people's opinions, so which you always tease me about. So Yeah, I, you, you got it. So I know something I don't <laughs> think we really had a much of a chance to talk about, which we emailed each other and you're like, well, we can talk about it, the whole yeah. TNA situation. Uh-huh. I really haven't been fo- – oh, I've been hearing some about their, the what's been going on with Billy Corrigan and – Everything else, a lot of times when I listen to the podcast, kind of talking about it, I'm at work, so I really don't pay that close of attention to remembering details, but do you know what's really going on with that um, well, lawsuit stuff? Well, if you stuff? want the details, go find a story and yeah. read the details. I'm not going to talk about the details. Which I don't really don't want to talk us yeah. talk about the details. Guess well, I'm that's gonna... what it sounded like you were asking. Okay. I'll take that back and I'll ask this. <laughs> Yeah. What's your thoughts on TNA possibly closing shop? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's such a it, – it feels like it's going to be something – if it continues, it's really just going to, like, limp along. And I – I, you know, they're probably if – it, if it falls apart, there's always going to be a secondary market for – People who either don't fit the mold of WWE, or they don't, or they've already burnt their bridges there, or for whatever reason they can't fit there. So I think there's always going to be that secondary promotion. I don't know why it has to be TNA. Yeah. Um, and I feel like at this point when you look at all the debts they owe and when you look at all the problems they've created, uh, why wouldn't it be better to start the slate fresh and maybe with some of the same characters or same people, but, but just something new? Yeah, because I totally agree with you on that because I was thinking about that. I'll see, it seemed like WWE sent out feelers about would people be interested in watching the TNA library or ROH or yeah. whatever on the WWE network. And yep. that intrigued me because back when I when we were in high school, I think more more or less my senior year, so this would have been two thousand five, two thousand six, you would have you would have been in college ready. Yeah, that, I was an adult. <laughs> yeah. That back then TNA that uh teenage was on uh Fox Sports Net. Yes. And on Friday night or Friday afternoons at three o'clock and I yep. used to tape, you know, set my V C R at three o'clock to tape impact on Fox sure. Sports Net, and I would race home if I didn't work after. If I didn't go, if I didn't, wasn't scheduled to work after school on a Friday afternoon, I would race home, watch the last half hour or whatever, rewind my tape and watch the first part. And I feel like you know back then, and now there's some angles between like Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. I love to watch the WWE Network just because you know it seemed like that was kind of TNA's. Peak. It would be cool too with guys like Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, and AJ Styles who made their name and TNA to have that video library with them in WWE for different feuds or documentaries or whatever else. 
I guess I'll, I'm excited about that. I'm hoping if TNA does fold, those other guys could go to ROH or wherever else, you know, over to Japan and help, you know, those other other companies rise up and be the alternative to the WWE. Yeah, I feel like that survey was, or I feel like their main goal with that footage wouldn't be to really drive customers who want to watch the library, but I really think it would be to build up those wrestlers that you had spoken of, of, so you have a history of them, you know, that you don't have to, you know, just go on nothing. Uh, so you can, uh, you, you know, those like, they're starting with these collections or playlists of, you know, the, the wrestlers careers. They can do that. It doesn't have to start with their, with their WWE debut. Which would be um, cool, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I said earlier that I'd like to, you know, I, I, I feel like there will always be that, uh, that competitor. Uh, it's just who runs it and what name it takes. <laughs> Cause I think there will always be guys who, like I said, will, f- will fill out that roster and, uh, there's always space for an alternative. Um, but I do feel like, you know, when you look at these, um, these new streaming services that uh, we're in an age where it doesn't have to be just one promotion anymore. And, uh, you know, for $20 a month, you can, you know, get that flow slam package and you can get, you can watch evolve. You can watch, um, you know, I guess it's adding day by day right now. It's just the WWN live stuff. So evolve and shine and, uh, full MPAP Pro, but, uh, you know, over time it'll be more and more. So, like, it doesn't have – you don't have to have one promotion that uh, tries to take on uh, the behemoth. It can it can be a con- conglomeration. And I think that's really cool, and I think it's something that um, really can transform what is a competitor to WWE. It doesn't have to be somebody with – you know, several million dollars to so put on have to be stuff. A Ted, so it doesn't have to be a Ted yeah. Turner, for mm-hmm. instance. Yeah, or, or whomever. Yeah, it doesn't have to be one person or one corporation. It so can be uh, th- an alliance, if you will. So, so thinking of it, I had the idea, I guess, thought, I'm sure I'm not the first one. I'm not that smart. But you mentioned about, you know, the You're rise of, you know, Flow Sports, Netflix, Hulu, and the like. Yeah. Do you feel like the rise of the digital age and on-demand stuff that you you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. do you feel like with that, and if the flow sports becomes popular and all that, do you feel like this could always be the rise of the ways the digital territory uh, age or whatnot? Oh, tremendously! Yeah, I think in the last few years we've seen that. And that you don't have to live in what wherever uh, to see things, and it's uh, it's great. You, it's really um, just blowing up the the level of exposure that 
independent wrestlers can receive and independent promotions that are doing good stuff, you know? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a great thing. And I, and you're right that I don't, I wouldn't call it digital territories, I guess, but. Well, I couldn't really it, think of anything more clever. So it, it, allows for you to see everything it all it almost actually is like erasing territorial lines that you don't have to live there and you also don't have to uh you know commit to buying dvds you can uh just watch it on demand it'll be a lot easier to find out different smaller promotions that us in minnesota may have not heard out of the East Coast, the West Coast, or wherever else. Yeah, I, you know, I really think, well, I don't know what it says for our generation, but uh, ease of access is uh, tremendously important. And um, I think for wrestling to stay ahead of the curve, they need to make ease of access one of the top priorities. And I think... Uh, uh, it's really cool to see lots of different places doing that. It's good to see that WWE is trying to stay ahead of the curve and trying to produce very easily accessible information. It's cool, or whatever, events, whatever you want to call it. It's cool to see that uh, independent promotions are trying to do that, um, that they aren't you know, stuck stagnating and... Um, you know, whatever in the last generation. That's that. Those are good things, and I'm I'm glad. And I want to talk to you about since you kind of alluded to earlier about when I asked about Hell in the Cell. I'm in the same boat that I feel feel like you're in, if not before. I know Joe and I talked about it the other day. I feel like you know this uh, brand split in pay per views every seemingly like two to three weeks. I have not been watching. The pay-per-view is like I used to. That and obviously, you know, before one pay-per-view a month, I was watching it if I'm on my own. I was going over to you know with co-workers and watching pay-per-views. Nowadays, I'm off doing other things, other life events. I would come back. I might watch the main event. I might watch the hour up to it. If there's a good match that happened before where I caught where I caught the pay-per-view live, I would go back and watch it. Other than that. I guess I'm really not that interested in watching 18 pay-per-views a year now. I want to get your thoughts on WWE upping up, upping their number of pay-per-views. Um, I don't think it's really it really hasn't changed my my viewing patterns or anything. I would agree with what Joe said in that it has made viewing the weekly television like non-existent. You, I mean, they do a they do a well enough job showing you the storylines and stuff at the pay per views that it's not really important, and you know they're happening quick enough that you don't really need to do that. Um, I like I said, I don't think it's really changed my viewing habits. I don't think it's a bad thing that they're doing this because they've they've looked at their metrics and the thing that drives viewers is new live content and. What's a better way to do that than with a pay-per-view? So, yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And we've talked about... No, you just said you didn't agree. Why are you saying you agree? sorry. I was thinking of the next question. (laughs) Don't don't say it. Don't agree with me if you don't want to. No, I I guess I'm in the same boat as you that that pay-per-views, I... Well, I don't watch 
Hulu. I don't I don't have Hulu or anything, so I don't watch the Ninety Minute Raws or the Smackdowns and all that. And also on the WWE Network, it's a month behind, and mm-hmm. I'm not that interested to go watch stuff a month Ouch. old. That's a month either. old, and especially I don't have time to watch the pay per views nowadays. And I agree with you that the WWE's video packages, you know that that department is so great that we don't have to watch stuff. Yeah. Uh, the shows that they the main the main matches they give us a uh, you know a couple minute video package and bam we're caught up w- with what's going on and that three minutes saves us a lot more saves me a lot more time mm-hmm. than watching the last four weeks of Monday Night Raw with you know Sheamus and Cesaro teaming up yeah. and against <laughs> the New Day uh, the next pay per view right. or whatever other storyline and feuding that and all that it I agree agree that saves. Saves me a lot of time on living life instead of having to go and be a, uh, be glued to the television screen or my computer screen like we were back in the Attitude Era or wherever our peaks of fandom were. Right. And I was on my phone because I wanted to ask, are you still watching Raw and SmackDown on Hulu like you were when you first got your Hulu subscription no. over the summer? No, and obviously, you know, I I teach, so in the summer I have a lot more time. I don't have time to, to do that now. Fair enough. I want, just wanted yeah. to ask because James Ellsworth has become a big right big thing on WWE. I know you've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah, of course. I do feel like it's cool that with the social media age and everything that a guy that they brought in for a job or that they wanted to – kind of, you know, bring back jobbers a little bit, see how uh-huh. well fans take it. I'm sure. excited that a guy like James uh, James Ellsworth, which I remember correctly from a different podcast that he was on, that he's been in the business for, I think, a good number of years. He's a veteran. Cool. It's cool to good see guys like him get the TV time. You know, guys like Davari from the Cruiserweight Classic that gets mm-hmm. on the Monday Night route, the Cruiserweight division. It's cool mm-hmm. to see different guys like that, even if they're not signed, to get TV time and TV exposure. And, you know, especially like what we were talking about with, you know, uh, Flow Flo Slam and all that. It's mm-hmm. cool to see different guys who may not be signed with the WWE become more popular. And uh, it's easier for us fans to go out and watch them compared to before. Yeah. Yep. Ease of access. Like I said, it's really that's really a good thing. So, yeah. What else is a good thing is, I don't know. This is bad transition. <laughs> you don't always, you know, you you don't always have to make a transition. It's sometimes okay just to like stop and start again. Stop in the name of love. Yeah, right Mr. on, Mr. Beverly Hills. Please break my heart. Do you have anything you <laughs> like to talk about? Well, I never want to break your heart. Um, no, not really. I guess those are the big those are the big news. It was nice to chat with you. Okay, fans, thank you guys for listening. You guys can hit us up on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash, see if I can get dust this dust off. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> facebook.com slash no, event status radio. Again, it's facebook.com slash event status radio. Yep. We're on Twitter. Mr. Beverly Hills, how can they find you on the Twitter machine? Indeed, uh, at Beverly Hills MES. And for me, for me, it's at Dirty Dog MES. And that's dog as in D-A-W-G, at Dirty Dog MES. You guys can hit it, find us on 
SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash main event status radio, where you can check us out on our website, main event status dean.com. That's again, that's <laughs> yeah, main event right status dot com. Mr. Beverly Hills, how do you listen to main event status radio whenever we get around to recording a podcast? Right well, I listen to, to the, the doghouse podcasts and, uh, your podcast with everyone else. Uh, uh, I listen on iTunes, and it's a very easy. It uh, uh, downloads for me. Uh, yeah, so I encourage you to also do that. Please rate, comment, and subscribe. It helps, um, helps us beat Jason Mann, former guest, with Russell Spective, with him doing one or two podcasts a year. Let's beat Jason, people. Give us a five-star <laughs> ratings. Leave us a review. Let us climb up to the top of the mountaintop. And I don't know do what high, t- high tides raise all boats. Haven't you ever heard that? Hashtag Haven't you ever heard that saying? No, no. High <laughs> tides raise all boats. That means you listen to all podcasts. Rate, yes. rate all of them. Yes. And uh, I don't need to beat anybody. Uh, listen to us all. Rate us all highly. Help Manifest Studies Radio beat the Doghouse podcast. Mr. Beverly Hills, do you have any final words for the listeners? No, I don't think so. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, yeah. It's a lot later than I'm usually awake. For Mr. This Beverly, is like prime time for you. Yes, it is. Well, I also <laughs> want to drink a 16-ounce can of, of no yellow and have it gone within 45 minutes. Come on. Let's be real. That's good. I don't think I drink caffeine all day. Good Which is, you. that's uncommon for me, I should, just, and the usual, too. I should cut back since I saw the dentist twice this week, but that's <laughs> off, the, off the record, off the recorded. We can talk about that after, in a few <laughs> seconds. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I'm the Dirty Doc Darcy. we catch you guys in the next main event. Right on. I'll talk to you later, guys. Do you want to be in my game, my game, my game? Want to be in my game? A little ditty about Beverly Hills. <laughs> a, a and the stud. dog came crumbling down. And the dog came crumbling, oh. stumbling. Woof, 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 woof. The dog fought authority, authority always wins. <laughs> well, Not- that's all of us. That's all of us. <laughs>